This is obviously not my usual function on a Sunday morning, but I've gotten to do it a couple times. I was just telling Ben, it's a little weird. I feel like a stand-up artist. There's like stools here. <laughs> I can choose the stool. I can put my water there. I can use a stand. I don't have to use a stand. It's always a little strange. But I'm very excited for today's continuation of the message, right? The King arrives. So today we're talking about the Savior King. And our focus today is going to be on purpose. Purpose. Um, so what I'm going to do, this is a little weird. I'm going to suggest right now that if you don't usually take notes, um, to just get a phone out or, or if you have a pencil and something to write with, you can. And I want you to think as I'm speaking, I want you to be thinking, and as God says something to you in this moment, I want you to think to write that down. That may be in your time of prayer. That may be in your time of listening to me. It may have been earlier in your time of worship. But I want us to write something down today. Something, um, I, I used to write down, we used to get, the churches that I would go to growing up, right, you'd get the little program and they'd have like the notes. And I was a doodler and I would doodle. But I feel like writing something down sticks it in our brain just a little bit better. So hopefully you can take something out of today, write it down, and it'll just stick in your brain a little bit better today. Uh, let's pray as we get started. Um, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for being our King, our Lord, our Savior. Um, I thank you for the worship uh, music that we got to enjoy. We got to celebrate this morning um, your birth. Uh, and I thank you for the children you've put in this church and the joy that they bring to every single person that comes in uh, to see all of the goofiness and all of the silliness and all of the energy. Um, we love you, Lord, and we are thankful for everything you've done for us. Uh, please speak to us today, and please speak through me today. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, so the whole point as we go through the series, right, so that we grow in our understanding, and today, of the Salvation King. Uh, Salvation King Jesus, he brought, he we want to respond to this by asking God to shape us to be more like him and to shape our world in this way. So, I told Ben this is like one of the most traditional tropes of all time during Christmas services that someone talks about It's a Wonderful Life or some sort of movie and they make something. Like, this is like the, the traditional, you've seen it a thousand times, it's gonna happen again. Um, but I am going to do it again. And the reason why is because It's a Wonderful Life, the movie, if you haven't heard of it, if you haven't seen it, it's an old movie from 1946. Uh, Jimmy Stewart has a weird accent. I don't get it. <laughs> but my dad is obsessed with it. He watches it every Christmas. He, he always has. And before we had VCRs, before he owned it, he would wait for it to come on TV. And he would watch it, and we would watch part of it with him. There were a good, like, 12 years of my life. I didn't know how the movie started at all. Like, I didn't. I just thought I'd only seen the last 40 minutes of it because that's when we turned it on and saw it. And then I saw the beginning. I was like, this is a long movie, first of all. But it's a great movie. And if you didn't know, the senator shows it uh, every uh, year. And they do a great big show. They do, like, Christmas music. If you do like the movie, I would strongly suggest it. And I got to go with my dad and my sister-in-law and my brother a couple years ago in 2019 when everyone was here for Christmas. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is a story about purpose. I, I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, but maybe it's a little rusty, so I'm gonna go through a synopsis, bear with me. It's about a man named George Bailey, right? 
And George Bailey has been through a lot. And it's not just about him, it's also about Clarence the Angel, which is the best name for an angel of all time, Clarence, right? So Clarence the Angel has a job to do. And God essentially tasks him, he's like, I need you to help George out. And so the whole beginning of the movie is God showing Clarence all about George's life. And I'm going to go through some of the highlights before we get into the Jesus relationship, right? So George starts his life off strong, like many of us haven't. Um, at the age of like 10 or 11, he saves his brother Harry from drowning in a frozen pond. Not many of us can say that, right? But George saves someone before he turns 13. Then uh, he also saves... Uh, the way prescriptions and pharmacies worked, I don't understand back then, but essentially there's this old pharmacist and he has to give someone medicine and he can't see very well and he's, you know, he's fumbling around and accidentally puts, I think it's like arsenic, and he puts poison in this prescription and George catches it, right? And saves not only this person's life, but also saves the pharmacist from being, you know, in trouble for killing someone, right? Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> I'm a little rusty on it, too. Um, so the other thing he does is George wants to travel the world. He wants to be a world traveler. He dreams of it. He is bigger than the town he's in. He is intelligent. He is charismatic. He's all these great things. But for a series of life events, he ends up having to take his father's business. His father dies early. His brother's in the middle. He has to be the one to kind of hold on. And so this story continues about George. He, he keeps running into bad luck as he sees it, right? He wants to do this. This happens. He wants to do this. He wants to go on a honeymoon with his beautiful wife. And then the stock market crash happens. There's a run on the bank, right? And he has to spend all of the money they'd save for their honeymoon and stay in this town. And George's uncle, the thing that breaks his back, George's uncle, who has a pet crow, best part of the movie, Right? George's uncle takes $8,000, which if you can imagine in 1946 was a lot of money. He's supposed to deposit it in the bank. He messes up. He's a fumbler, right? He's not quite with it. And he has a crow. We've been over this. Like he's, there's something going on. And he takes the money and he misplaces it essentially. And George is distraught. He can't figure it out. And he basically pleads for his life with Mr. Potter, who's the bank owner, he's like, please, by the way, he stole the money. If you're wondering, Mr. Potter had a chance to give it back. And he offers life insurance. He has a life insurance policy, so he offers that as collateral. And this is the key. Potter says he's worth more dead than alive, and he calls the police. So George is at his end. This is a man who saved multiple people. He's sacrificed so much. And someone says, sorry, too bad. You're out of luck. Calls the police to put him in jail on criminal charges, right? For fraud, money laundering. I don't know what it would be classified as. So George runs. He runs. He gets drunk. He prays for help. He, he is at his end. He crashes his, he drives drunk. He crashes his car. He goes to a bridge. And he stands on that bridge. And the key here for the movie, and this is the story that we're going to try to relate this to, he basically is like, I wish I would have never been born. He's standing on that bridge, and someone else jumps. And that's Clarence, the angel. 
Someone else jumps. And so I just want to get into that, have that idea as we talk about these different things. And as we talk about the story of Jesus, I want to try to take some of these elements of purpose. Because I think sometimes we get stuck on what our purpose is, what's my point, what's the reason. But I think sometimes we should focus on our Savior. What was his purpose? Because I think that clarifies our own. We're talking about the why today. So just to recap the last couple of weeks, why did Jesus arrive as a baby? That is the humble king question, right? He arrived as a baby born in a major because he is a humble king. The first message of the series. The second, why did Jesus live a human life and die for our sins? He did this because he is a suffering king. These are brief synopses. If you want to see the whole thing, go to the podcast and listen to it, right? Why does it matter that Jesus came down from his throne for us? Because he's a victorious king. It doesn't matter unless we accept the fact he is already victorious, right? But the question today that we're trying to answer with the Savior King is why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come to earth? No more complicated. All those other things, and I'm, I'm not diminishing their value, but they're all talking about, I wouldn't say personality traits, but they're traits of Jesus. But they're not his purpose. His purpose is because he is our Savior King. So let's read this together. This is John 3, 16 through 21. And break it down. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. That is the why from the words, right from the word of the Lord. God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost but have eternal life. He came to save us. Simple as that. You want to keep reading? God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. His purpose. He came here to save us. People who believe in God's son are not judged guilty. Those who do not believe have already been judged guilty because they have not believed in God's one and only Son. They put it in simple terms. This is his purpose. This is why he is here. They are judged by this fact. The light has come into the world. They did not want light. They wanted darkness because they were doing evil things. All who do evil hate the light and will not come to the light because it will show all the evil things they do. If you don't believe John, other people say things too. Let's finish. I'm sorry. But those who follow the true way come to the light. It shows that the things they, were, they do were done through God. Mark. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for men. It's said over and over and over again. You can even see it, I think, in Mary's song in Luke. There, there are times when we say, why did Jesus show up? He came to save. And I think we get away from that. We try to figure out who Jesus is, we try, but sometimes we forget about why he showed up in the first place. He came to save. So if he came to save, what does this have to do with It's a Wonderful Life? Right? I think sometimes we are in George's shoes and we get frustrated with our own purpose. 
We keep trying to think, I want to do this, I'm supposed to do this. And this is something I've gone through in my own frustration. I'm supposed to be here, I'm supposed to do this. And we completely miss God. We completely avoid the fact that we really have one purpose. We do. And I know you can, you can split it up into two parts, right? But we have one purpose because he came to save and we are here to be saved. That is our purpose. Our purpose is to be in relationship with God. He wants that. He created us to be in relationship. So we were created to be saved by him. That's it. I'm done. Now, like that's, that's, that's the whole story. Like our whole point. You can get into what we're then supposed to do on this earth. But if you don't have the first part down, it's really hard to live the rest of your life. If you can't accept the whole point of me being here is to be saved by you, Jesus Christ, is to be just in relationship with you because you saved me, then nothing else matters. And so that's why today I'm very excited about today. I'm very passionate about the Savior King because that is not only the glorious purpose of King Jesus, but it also shows me my true purpose. He came to save and I am here to be saved. I don't have to worry about what I'm supposed to do for my life. I don't have to worry about who I'm supposed to talk to. I don't have to worry about who I'm supposed to tell about Jesus and who I'm supposed to just show the love of Jesus. I don't have to worry about, I can just accept the fact I'm here to be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna love on other people now because I'm happy, I'm content. If you've ever met someone, so my father, right? The whole reason I tied in It's a Wonderful Life, he's the definition of a content man. He's just happy. He's happy all the time. It frustrates my mother immensely. <laughs> he's one of the happiest people you meet, but it's not fake. I had a Ross I was talking to a while ago, and he said, it was, like, it was something where he was like, I just had this great conversation with your dad, and I, I don't know what it is about him, but there's something about him that just is so comfortable. Because when we're content in our relationship with Christ, when we're content knowing that our purpose is to be saved, we become better fathers, become better sons, we become better daughters, we become better mothers, we become better sisters, we become better friends. All of those things are so easy because we're content in our purpose, which is to be saved. And if we know that and we grow in that, everything else just falls like dust. It's an easy life to lead. And so he changes things, right? I don't want to say that like once, once we go through this process, he changes things. And I don't have a lot left. Don't worry. We'll have time for prayer because I think that's important too. And one of the things that we see is Clarence changes George's perspective. Mm -hmm. He changes what George thinks about his own life. Because once you realize you've been saved... George then goes back, right? So if you don't know the story, George witches, I wish I would have never been born. Clarence jumps off, he saves him. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you jumping? He's like, well, you wish for this. And then he lives, he goes into this weird world where he sees what his life would be if he didn't exist. So he meets all of these people again, right? He meets uh, his brother, dead. That was, that was harsh, sorry, that was really But he is, right? He didn't save him. He didn't save him. He didn't save him from the pond. So he goes and sees a tombstone. It's dark. 
right? The, the pharmacist becomes, you know, he was thrown into jail for, for murder, and then he comes out and becomes a drunk, right? You have all these little things. Even, like, the bartender is angry. The whole town's got a new name. The banker's taken over. It's like one of those perfect Christmases. Everything's bad, huh? right? There's some great little moments in it. His, his, his uncle, the one who lost the money, is institutionalized. No crow, which is a travesty, right? So all these things have happened, and he starts to realize, oh my goodness. And I think, you know, the thing that gets him, of course, right, his family doesn't exist. His wife doesn't recognize his face. I think that's, that's she's terrified of him. And so he goes through these things, and, and Clarence changes his perspective. So when we talk about what we're supposed to do, we have to understand, once we understand our purpose, King Jesus changes how we live. We can't ignore it. Like, this isn't something you have to do. All you have to do is accept that you are safe. You have to accept your purposes to be safe. And if you can do that, it's done, right? Everything changes. My dear children, I write this letter to you so you will not sin. They're like, well, everything changed. We don't sin anymore. It's not what they say. But if every, anyone does sin, we have a helper. The presence of the Father, Jesus Christ, the one who does what is right. That changes everything. You know how many people in this world are trying to do it themselves? When you accept that your purpose is to be saved, even when you fall, even when you fall, everything is still different because Jesus is right there for you, right? He died in our place to take away our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of all people. He not only did this, but it changes how we interact with everyone because he did this for everyone, right? So it's, it's a great thing to stick with. It's a great thing to understand. And it's also very great for us who believe. Because if we believe in this kind of transformational power, that, that's different. That takes this work of fiction, right? The movie that that is, everyone who does not understand God's power sees a movie like that, says, wow, there's no way that can actually happen. Because if you take God out of the equation, fiction is just that. It is just fiction. It's a story. It's a fairy tale. It's an ideal. It's something we are like, ah, that's never going to actually happen. And look, watch the movie. It's ridiculous, right? Like, that's not real. That's what fiction is. But when you have God's power, when you actually think about it for a second, it can change everything. And the, the, this is the kingdom of heaven, right? This is this idea where you look at things from God's perspective. You look at things from a kingdom of heaven perspective. If everything is changed on this earth and suddenly we're talking about an eternal life, then something as fictional or as silly as a whole town coming together to help pay that $8,000 because George is such a good guy, right? Which is what they all do. They all come and they bring him really like, good George. George, and he's happy. He's like, ah, oh, it's Jimmy Stewart. I cannot do a Jimmy Stewart voice. I can't. But it's just like, oh my gosh, oh. everyone's so happy. And it's that joy. It's a truly joyful experience. And we as humans, we seek that. We look for that. How many of us don't like a great Christmas movie that ends with such a scene? It's bringing me goosebumps talking. It really is. It's a joy because it stems from what we are meant to do, which is to live in the kingdom of heaven. It is to live under King Jesus. That's why we get these feelings. That's why everyone in the world gets these feelings, as cynical as they may be. When they are evil and they are not seeking the light, and they are running away from the light, 
feeling's still there. They're denying that feeling, just to be clear. This exists in every single one of us. And this picture, this fiction, in the kingdom of Jesus, it's real. And you've seen that, right? You've seen that here. I've seen it here. I've seen people come to my house and deliver meals. I think I remember Ben Waybright was the first person outside of me and Abby to hold Ezra. Right? Like, I've seen this every time Holly comes over and Stupid puns. I shouldn't say stupid. <laughs> the puns that, that dig at me and they just hurt. But at the same time, they're quality. I said it here in front of all of you. They're quality puns, right? We see this though, but she's spending time, right? When, when Gideon invites me, a 35-year-old man, to play video games with him, you don't know how much joy that brings me. Because there's no other reason. Like, there's no reason for me to play video. I shouldn't be playing video games at my age. It's irresponsible. But when we do these things, this is a slice of the kingdom of heaven. So if you're not writing down anything else I said, write down something that gave you just a glimpse of what it's going to be like in heaven. Because we are living eternal lives right now. We are in a suffering world. We are in a broken world. But what we are looking forward to Our great hope, Jesus coming back, whether we're up there already or we're still here, most likely, I I guess probably up there, but I don't don't know how long we got. Point B, we should live like that while we wait for our great hope. The coming of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what a church we are, what a family um, this always has been to me knowing that this is just a taste of what the kingdom of heaven is and knowing my purpose is not resting on any of you. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. I love all of you. But my purpose makes that relationship with you that much easier because it's resting in the fact that I am saved. He came to save me. I am now saved. I get to go to bed every night and rest my head on my pillow and sleep knowing that. And even in the darkest of days, which many of us in this room have gone through this year or are going through currently, frustrations, broken down vehicles, going through treatments, looking for a home, right? I know the pain that is in this room, physical pain, mental anguish. In all of that, we can still rest our heads knowing that this is tiny, tiny little piece of what we call eternity. And if we can do that, if we can stick on that, I mean, we're going to be a great church and we're also going to be a great group of people. When I say great church, right, a great group of people for the people that aren't in here right now that we are in relationship with, right? Amen. What do we learn? This is it. And Justin, you can get ready to come up with something real quick. King Jesus is our Savior, right? He brings a change to how we live. He's coming back, ending all suffering, and starting a new spiritual era. If you want to get into the, uh, the Revelation chapter about that new heaven and earth, you can. What should we do now? Read some of today's scriptures. There weren't that many. Um, define salvation. What does salvation mean? Pray, asking God to help you become more like Jesus. Imagine how your world can become more like the kingdom of Jesus. This may be writing, again, stuff down. How can my world look more like this this thing that we sometimes assume will just be fiction and pray for those things? And the final part is that prayer, which Justin...
help us better understand the salvation brought by King Jesus. Help us receive, respond, wholehearted devotion. We're going to have these up. And God, please help us see how we can participate in the movement of Jesus to share this salvation message with the people you've placed us near to. Please show us how we can bring more people into this kind of relationship.